and it will give you the most bang for your buck in the bottom of the pyramid of fitness, which is the large part of that pyramid. It is the aerobic base that we talk about. That Triathlon Show, episode 84. Hello, what's up everybody and welcome back to another episode of That Triathlon Show, the podcast presented by scientifictriathlon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and today's episode is a much-requested guide for all beginners out there on how to create a training plan. So we'll discuss the fundamentals that you need to know when going about planning your training, and these include the cornerstones, really, of your training program that are consistency, moderation, progression, and periodization, answering the eternal question, how much should I train?, weekly planning and how to distribute your workouts within a week, what types of workouts you should be doing in which phases of the program, and periodization, the basics of it, just the simple things that you need to know. We don't need to go into much detail, but you need to know something about periodization to do an effective training plan. And finally, I'll have an example program for a beginner's training for a sprint triathlon for you that we'll cover. But first, this episode is sponsored by Precision Hydration, One size fits all doesn't cut it when it comes to hydration. For example, Andy, the founder founder of Precision Hydration, former elite triathlete, loses nearly twice as much sodium in his sweat as Johnny, the COO. And uh, Johnny used to paddle for Great Britain and is a double world silver medalist. But the point is that they need completely different hydration products, which is why Precision Hydration offer products of various electrolyte strengths, to match your results from their free online sweat test that is based on extensive data and research. So go to precisionhydration.com and take that test. And if you buy any products, use the discount code DATTRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, for 15% off. Alright, so let's move on to today's main topic, a beginner's guide to training plans. Just one quick note, I cover much of this plus other additional stuff like nutrition, recovery, ancillary training, and so on, in my free video course, Effective Triathlon Training Blueprint, that you can find on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash effective, and I'll also link to that in the show notes. So, the first and most important thing to discuss when it comes to creating your training plan, because these things really govern all parts of the planning process, They are the cornerstones, the foundation of what your plan and its essence must be. So they are consistency. Your plan must be consistent and over a period of everything from a couple of months to a year or so, it must have you train consistently, whatever that duration of your training plan is. That doesn't mean that you can't have any breaks or that you shouldn't have any breaks and that every week you'll train just as much as the previous week or more but it means that when you look back at your training after completing the prep plan you had no major breaks unless it was a strategic planned recovery phase like the off season that we'll talk about later and you kept your training baseline volume up to a certain level and then you had some uh, some valleys that were recovery weeks and so on but that baseline remained high and consistent maybe even progressing depending on where you are in your training phase so that's consistency you must keep that up at uh, all times except when you have the off season and you must 
you must have that over a long period of time. That's the most important thing. Next we have moderation. Your plan needs to be moderate. And this goes hand in hand with consistency really. Because if you do too much too soon, you won't stay consistent. I 100% guarantee that really. You'll either get injured or sick or you'll get tired and bored of the sport. And we don't want that. That being said, if you want to improve, there will be times when you may feel like the training is pushing you a bit outside of your comfort zone and that's fine but it has to be just a little bit outside of it and that's where those steady long-term improvements start to accumulate without having those negative effects of losing consistency uh, having them come into play so moderation that's important next we have progression your plan must be progressive so this is a logical consequence of the points about consistency and moderation but uh, yeah, the po point here is that you will get fitter slowly but surely and the baseline for what you can do in training increases with your fitness level. So what three months ago may have been a perfectly appropriate amount of training that allowed you to stay consistent, it was moderate for you, not pushing you too hard. That may be very very easy now and that may cause you to stagnate if you have done big improvements. So that's when you need your training plan to be progressive and maybe increase the amount of training or add some more challenging workouts and have some sort of progression to it really, whether that's on the volume or intensity side of things. But you need to also always keep that in mind at the same time as the consistency. You don't want to have it be too progressive. Uh, it's a word of warning here. It's always better to be a bit too conservative rather than a bit too aggressive with, with, how, uh, with how progressive your program is really. Uh, because building durability takes time. So, so even if you have built a lot of fitness over three months, let's say, maybe your durability hasn't increased at the same rate. So if you progress too much, yes, your fitness, your aerobic fitness, your cardiovascular system can can take that new level of, of training that you're trying to, to have it take. But maybe your musculoskeletal system can't take it because you haven't yet built that durability, which takes longer to build. So stay conservative, folks, but at the same time, make sure that you have progression to your program. And finally, periodization. This is, you've heard this before, you can't repeat the same kind of training over and over again. This will just give you the same kind of performances over and over again, really. Progression is a part of periodization, but I would say that periodization is much bigger than just progression, because periodization also includes things like regression, like reducing the amount of training at certain strategic points, like scheduling an off-season and really taking that seriously. That, that can be a whole month of no training or unstructured training just going for walks in the woods or something, or no training at all after you complete a season. And your periodization includes phases like the preparation phase after the off-season that doesn't really have to be progressive, it's more about getting into the routine of training again. So the progression part, I would say, starts a bit closer to your goal race when you, after that preparation phase. Uh, this again depends a bit on where you are and uh, your individual abilities and the distance you're training for and so on. But uh, periodization in some way, shape or form always needs to come into play when you plan your training plan, especially if you do it on a longer term basis, like from the perspective of an entire triathlon season. The next question that we need to discuss is how much should you train? Uh, I can tell you how many times I get this question sent to me by email or on Twitter or something. And yeah, it is a good question, but there's uh, 
no one single way to answer this. There's no formula for this, but there are some principles that I want to help you with when it comes to planning how much you should train here. So by giving you a few examples, I think that's that's one of the best ways to to really help answering this question from different a few different angles. Let's start with a fairly good generic answer for beginners. Even if you're a complete beginner to triathlon, if you have some background in other sports or training, let's say that you jog four times per week or three or four times per week, and maybe you have um, three times of running and one one time of uh, some, uh, I don't know, acrobatics class or aqua jogging or whatever whatever it may be, football. Uh, if you have some for, form of sports and training background that you, you are training consistently several times per week, in triathlon, I think that you can train six times per week pretty easily, splitting them up as two runs, two bikes, and two swims. And that is something that we talked about at length with Gail Bernhardt in episode 54 that I'll link to in the show notes, which is all about beginner triathlete training. And that's also how I structure the beginner training plans that, that I sell on, on scientifictriathlon.com. So you can find that also linked to in the show notes or go to scientifictriathlon.com directly and just click training plans but so let's say that you're just starting with triathlon and uh, you're used to just jogging two times per week and nothing more than that really then i would suggest a slightly more personalized approach for you which would be to do a few weeks of three workouts per week and then a few weeks of four workouts per week then five and then six so taking a couple of months at least to gradually build up to that six times per week target. But if you are already training six times per week or maybe five times per week, which many beginners do even in triathlon, because we have, uh, or which even many beginners do in triathlon, I meant to say, uh, because we have the three different disciplines. So the amount of, of workouts is uh, necessarily a bit bigger than many other sports you don't necessarily need to increase the number of workouts per week to have your training be progressive. I think for most beginners, having a complete rest day is very, very beneficial. So if you'd increase your number of workouts, I'd prefer for you to do two workouts on one of those days rather than taking your rest day, uh, scratching that from your program. I, I always want you to have that rest day until you get to a certain pretty high level. Uh, so what you may consider instead is to gradually increase the total duration of your training. So if you are at six times per week and you don't want to add that second workout on any given day, then a good pattern that you can use to increase the duration carefully would be, so let's say that you train five hours per week on average uh, over six workouts. So that's 300 minutes, right? So increase that duration by 10% for your next week. So that's 30 minutes, uh, half an hour. So now you're up to five hours, 30 minutes of training. And then hold that for one more week. So another week of 5.30, you want to, to stabilize at that uh, weekly duration. And then go down for an easier recovery week. So do maybe something like four hours. And then you can again increase by 10% from that new baseline, which is now 5.30. And it would be roughly 30 minutes again at that level. So, so that means you go up to six hours per week for two weeks and then recover again. And you can 
at that time as well go down to four hours you don't the recovery weeks can stay the same for a pretty long time and until you are consistently training maybe 7.5 to 8 hours per week or so i think you can get a lot of bang for your buck out of just increasing the duration of your workouts very gradually like i described uh, without adding more workouts necessarily just increasing the duration and for most for most athletes, that's the mo- most practical way to do things anyway with work, family, etc. It may be very difficult to train two times per day. Uh, but when you get to that 7.5, 8 hours, that's when you'd start considering adding more training sessions if you have the opportunity to do so. And if you don't, uh, you can still keep adding some duration to those sessions to keep getting even more out of your your six training sessions, six workouts per week, uh, if uh, if that's what you need to do based on your scheduling. So, so that's uh, basically a few different examples of how you should think about how much you should train. So to reiterate, if you're not training a lot at the moment in any sport, then gradually increase one workout per week and uh, take, take it slow uh, over a couple of months at least and try to get to a target of six workouts per week. I think that's uh, a good generic guideline. And if you want to improve from that, you're already at that level, then gradually increasing the duration until you get to a consistent 7.5 to 8 hours per week is your next step when you're still at this beginner level. So that's about it for this point. All right, so let's talk weekly planning. How do you throw your, let's say, Uh, five workouts per week into a weekly schedule this is fortunately fairly easy i would say one of the easiest parts of uh, this entire episode for anybody to understand there are just uh, three principles that you need to follow and the first is to spread out your workout days and your rest days so this is why i chose to use an example with five workouts and not six workouts because that means that you have two rest days and what you don't want to do is to take those two rest days as consecutive days. You don't want to rest Saturday and Sunday and then have five days in a row. It's much better to have have them spread out. So let's say you take Wednesday and Sunday off. You have a nice spread between the rest days and the workout days. So that's. Uh, but if you have just one rest day per week, then you can take it any day you want that suits your schedule, obviously. But if you have more rest days, then spread them out. Then the next point is to spread out your workouts within each discipline. So let's say that you have two swims, two runs and just one bike in that five workouts per week session. Then again, what you don't want to do is to do your two swims on Monday, Tuesday and then your two runs on Wednesday, Thursday. You would rather have your swims on Monday and Thursday and your uh, runs on Tuesday and Friday. So again, you have two or three days between each workout in each discipline to get that nice even distribution over a long period between workouts within each discipline. And the third principle is to spread out your harder days or and your easier days and harder days here can mean either longer days where your workouts are a bit longer or it can mean intense more demanding workouts where you have some sort of interval work so let's say that you have three workouts per week that are uh, a bit easier and two workouts per week that are harder let's say that you have a long run and a long bike in your week then actually 
well, usually in this case, I mean, it's, you can put them both on the weekend. It's fine. I, I don't think it, there's a big problem in that. But if you want to really optimize it, then maybe having those two hard workouts not on consecutive days, having the longer run, which still might be not might not be too long to be able to do on a weekday, could be beneficial. And then do that long ride on the weekend to get a, at least a couple of days in between those longer workouts. And the rest in between is a bit easier. So that gives you some additional recovery, even though it's not rest days, but recovering from those relatively harder days. Now comes the more difficult question to answer, much more difficult in fact, and that is what types of workouts should you be doing in which phases of your training program? So this really is the point when good knowledge of uh, the basics at least of exercise physiology are really good to have and self-awareness of your physiology comes into play a lot here. That's why triathletes they get a coach can improve so much quicker because the coach has that knowledge and the understanding of of how to how to interpret what their athlete is doing in terms of what that means that uh, their physiology is is telling them and and how that plays into how to plan the training in turn but you can learn a lot of the basics and get the most out of uh, get a lot out of it by just keep learning about these things. I think that obviously this podcast is one of the best things that you can do to for keeping improving that and improving your ability to self-coach. So in this case, again, the question is what types of workouts to be doing in which phases of the program. I think again that the, there is no like true all like principle or formula here so we need to talk through a few examples that will guide you in what kind of things to think about when it comes to answering this question in your particular case so let's say that you're just starting out in triathlon and you're completely new to to endurance sports you're coming off the couch basically so first brilliant congratulations and welcome to the sport and the podcast that's uh, fantastic and second for you it is all about building a base of aerobic endurance and decent technical skills you don't need to concern yourself with the intricacies of different types of intervals and that sort of things that's completely redundant at this point what you should do is to first go and listen to episodes 27, 29, and 30 of that triathlon show. That's where we talk about how you can establish your training zones in swimming, biking, and running, respectively. And this will then allow you to see how slowly you need to go to be in that aerobic endurance training zone, that zone 2 when we talk about a, a five-zone system. And this zone is what will minimize your risk of injury while, again, your musculoskeletal system, your tendons, ligaments, and your connective tissue is getting stronger slowly but surely. And it will give you the most bang for your buck in the bottom of the pyramid of fitness, which is the large part of that pyramid. It is the aerobic base that we talk about. You need to have that strong base, like the foundation of a house. It accounts for most of any triathlete's fitness. If you go and look at a pro most of their fitness and their performance, their ability to go incredibly fast, comes from an incredibly big base of aerobic endurance. And the same is true for anybody. There is no shortcutting that that need for a strong, strong base. So again, 
for you, we're talking about doing zone two workouts, aerobic endurance workouts. It's a kind of training that is done at a conversational pace, unless of course you're swimming, in which case you're not talking that much, but you get what I'm saying. You don't get too out of breath. And it's especially good when you think about running or cycling, uh, because that's maybe easier to think about conversational pace than, than swimming. So that kind of intensity, that without getting out of breath, you can talk to a friend that's running or cycling with you. And then on the technical side of things, and make sure to, at this point, because this really is the best time to establish good technical foundations in swimming, biking, and running. Go and get swimming lessons, join a triathlon club, and have their squad coach look at you run and bike and give you tips. Download the Huddle Technique app uh, that I'll link to in the show notes, and have somebody film you and send it to a remote coach that can look at it frame by frame. I love the Huddle Technique app. It's brilliant for doing technical analysis of uh, remote of athletes that I coach remotely. So to sum up, when you, as a beginner coming off the couch, do your training, each workout should focus on either easy aerobic training in zone two, like go out and jog for 30 minutes at an, an easy conversational pace, or on technical skills. Then, for somebody who's not a complete beginner anymore, but has been doing triathlon for a season or two, what you should be doing is a bit different, maybe. If you're still classifying yourself, categorizing yourself as a beginner, then you still need to focus primarily, I mean, okay, uh, I take that back because anybody should focus primarily on aerobic endurance at most times of year, uh, but uh, I think that for beginners, it, this is where training easily can go wrong. You can focus too much on other things and uh, read about cool workouts and do cool workouts, but you should keep the bullseye in mind, aerobic endurance and technical skills. So, but again, if you want to improve, you need to start progressing that that program, even on the aerobic endurance and the technical side of things. So that means that your your zone two workouts they gradually become longer. The total training vol- volume may go up uh, otherwise as well, maybe through an additional workout or two, so that you're gradually working a bit more, uh, stressing your body a bit, little bit more through that increased volume and forcing it to adapt to that added stress through volume and if if you don't have a progression here when you've been doing triathlon for a season or two then you'll quickly stop improving but i will say it again your main limiters most likely are still those aerobic endurance and technical skills so for you as well still getting those swim lessons unless you're a sub 10 minute sprint distance swimmer i think is uh and is the best thing to do with any money that you have uh, in terms of triathlon uh and that is definitely i said it many times and i'll say it again uh i want to actually take the opportunity to thank my friends and swim coaches uh Yannicka and sebastian if they're listening to this uh, because this certainly has been the case in my own triathlon that the best money ever spent it was was spent on those early day swim lessons and not, not so early days i mean i keep I've always taken swim lessons. Now I'm in Portugal and with a squad and have a coach here to for the swim sessions. So so I've always gotten help from on-deck coaches from when I started out with Yannicka to then last season when I had Sebastian help me and now with with Andre here in Sporting. So so I I think that is definitely technical skills, but I I'm getting a bit uh sidetracked here with with that discussion. Anyway, you're a beginner, you have done a season or two, but you should still focus on aerobic endurance and technical skills, but you want to progress it. That's the point. But you will also want to start to introduce 
a few slightly more demanding workouts strategically into strategically into your program i should say and typically the time to do this is when you're maybe two or three months out from your goal race assuming you've been doing some base training up until that point and you have the foundations in place so now is the time that you can start to add some intervals that can be for example a bit longer zone free intervals so this may look like something uh, like eight minutes in zone three and then three minutes active recovery so very easy jogging if we're saying that this is a running workout for example and then you repeat that three times so three times eight minutes in zone three with three minute active recoveries and as you progress those intervals you can from week to week maybe build up to three times 12 or two times 15 minutes at zone three and then you can start even doing some zone four intervals which is right around that anaerobic threshold that we talked about in episode 71 that you need to become familiar with if you're going to take control of your own training program. So that is essentially where you start to feel those muscles burn. You feel that lactic acid. Uh, Or that's not what you feel, but that's what we talk about (laughs) traditionally. So anyway, you may even do the occasional zone 5 workout, although for most beginners I would take the more cautious traditional progressive approach and start with zone 3 workouts, slowly move into zone 4, and that's the quality workouts that you'll do before your race. You don't need to move much into zone 5 at least. So if you have, here's an example, if you have 8 weeks left until your race, maybe the first 4 of those weeks you do one workout in each of uh, swimming, biking and running that is uh, a zone free intervals workout that gets progressively more demanding each week in each discipline. And the other workout in each discipline each week is an easy zone two aerobic endurance workout, maybe a little bit longer, like a longer ride or run or a technique workout on the swim side of things, a coach swim session, for example. Then after those four weeks, you'll do three more weeks where you do you progress into zone 4 intervals. So these are shorter intervals than the zone 3 intervals, but higher intensity. And you do those in your free quality workouts and the other free workouts, uh, so one in each discipline, are still those longer, easier zone 2 sessions. And outside of these specific race prep periods, you're either in your off-season, where you're not doing much in the way of structured training anyway, or you're building your base with uh, with progressive aerobic endurance training and technique work. So, so that's for beginners, basically in its simplicity, how, uh, how that plays out, how you progress your workouts. And then one special case is somebody who's new to triathlon, but has done one or two of the disciplines uh, pretty much uh, yeah, so you have sorry, you have done one or two of the more disciplines uh, before. So you've been a runner or you've been a cyclist, and uh, so you can do the training in those disciplines uh, a bit like the more experienced beginner that we just talked about with adding those advanced workouts. But in the discipline or disciplines that you're completely new to, you need to start training like the complete beginner that we talked about first, which is doing only the aerobic endurance and technique work first to get your foundation in place. However, since there's some overlap in the aerobic endurance component between the different disciplines, you may find that before long you're ready to start adding some of these more demanding workouts in that discipline as well. It it may be a very quick process for you, so be prepared for that. And uh, I hope that has given you some insights into what type of workouts you should be doing in which phases of your program and how to structure the progression of these workouts as well. 
So next we need to quite briefly really cover periodization. Uh, we could talk about this for ages and ages. It's a whole science to itself. But in its simplicity, what periodization means is that you split your season up into different phases where the type of training you do depends on what phase you are in. And there are several different ways to periodize. So uh, this is one example that is effective, simple and practical and very common as well for triathlon and endurance sports So that, that I will talk about now. And it is to start with the off-season. So that is when you do, as I said, no structured training. The off-season happens generally after your last race of the season. You can stay active, you can cross-train, you can do a little bit of swimming, back and running, but just for fun and just to ha take it easy, chill out and, um, and just enjoy it. No structured training, really. And you want to, your goal here is to recover both mentally and physically. After the off-season, you go into a short block of preparation, which can be two to six weeks. And that is when you ease yourself back into training and really you train to train so that you get your body ready to then train more with more structure in the next phase, which is the base phase. And in the prep phase, you do, yeah, you, you ease yourself into aerobic endurance training, so into training and the technique work. Next, we have the base phase, which is the longest base for anybody, but especially for beginners, it can be especially long. You may not even need to move into any sort of build phase at all. You could just be doing a long, long base phase for almost the entire year, where you just work on your work on your aerobic endurance and your technique. But uh, yeah, so so this can, as I said, um, it can last for a long time, but you you want to progress it still. You don't want to just do the same thing week after week after week. You need to, to have the progression to your aerobic endurance training, if that's what you do, and to your technique as well. So keep those principles of progression, but also moderation and consistency in mind here in the base phase. That's the most, most important thing. And in a classical periodized season, this phase could last for something like three to four months, uh, a bit depending on which sport it is and how long the race season is and so on, but, but it's a good guideline. And then we move into the build phase, which uh, can be anything from for complete beginners that still have a little bit of a build phase. It can be three weeks, which is very, very, very short. But for more like um, experienced beginner triathletes, it can be eight or ten weeks or something like that. So the build phase is where you have the basic foundations of your aerobic endurance and technique in place. And then you can start to include some of those more demanding workouts, those zone three, zone four, or even maybe zone five intervals that we talked about, depending on where you are in your, in your triathlon journey, as we talked about in, in that workout progression example that I gave you. You still, of course, keep a lot of the basic aerobic endurance training, especially in disciplines that are your weaknesses and where you know you haven't established that foundation yet. You'll also start to include race-specific workouts like open water swimming, brick workouts, that is a bike followed by a run, and maybe training on similar terrain to your race or in similar weather conditions, like going and doing training in the heat if that's where you're going to race, or something like that. So race specificity becomes more and more important the closer you get to your race, even if you're not necessarily doing any harder workouts there, but just being in the open water compared to the pool is much more race-specific. And the build is the phase where you want to start include that. And one question that I get asked a lot is how do you know if you have the basic endurance to move into a build phase? Well, one tip that I give you, if you have a Training Peaks account, then you can see 
try try to go out for an hour long run and uh, you can do this do this on the bike as well but that really requires a power meter or if you have uh, an indoor trainer and virtual power or something like that but uh, do an hour long run and uh, go at a constant pace in zone two and then after and measure your heart rate at the same time and then go and analyze your run in training peaks and check out the metric called pace to heart rate ratio so it's spelled pa colon hr so uh, pace to heart rate what this means is uh, it measures whether your heart rate increases a lot even though the pace stays the same if this drift is 5% or less, you're good to go, your heart rate doesn't drift too much, and you are ready, you have the aerobic endurance in that case to start incorporating these more demanding workouts. But if the drift is bigger than 5%, then generally you would be well served doing more aerobic endurance work in, uh, instead of doing those, those harder workouts. Finally, the final phase is the peak and race phase this can be as short as the week of the race, or maybe that plus an additional week for an athlete that recovers a bit slow, more slowly. And the ob- objective here is simply to get to the starting line of your race as fresh and rested as you can. So you reduce the volume a bit and dial down the demanding workouts. Uh, but if you have been doing those demanding workouts, you can still keep doing some light versions of them just to stay sharp and uh, keep the leg speed, as they say. So uh, yeah, that's what goes into the peak and race phase. Nothing, nothing too difficult about that on paper, at least. Finally, let's talk about an example program. And to save time for myself... I didn't make a new program from scratch, a new example program. I actually just use uh, the program that I have for sale on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash plans that is called first triathlon slash beginner eight week plan. And uh, it is very affordable if you want to buy it. Uh, and I spent a heck of a lot of time developing it, uh, researched it and I think it's one of the best plans that you can get really if you're looking to buy a ready-made plan of course nothing beats individual coaching but that's not for everybody so for 29 euros you can get this eight-week plan and check it out and if you're interested send me any questions to michael at scientifictriathlon.com and that's michael with a k anyway I used that and uh, I'll use that for this example so the reason that it's eight weeks only is that I know that a lot of beginners take longer breaks between their seasons and only get back into training when there's just something like two months left. And this is especially true if it's your first triathlon. You might only think, hey, there's a triathlon in two months. I want to do that. But you have been doing some running and cycling maybe or either one of them. So you have some basics endurance. So you're ready to jump right into this program. Uh, so this is for, for that reason, I truncated uh, a periodized plan into an eight-week period. It is just what happens in real life in most cases. So you have four weeks base and then three weeks build and then uh, one peak week in this program. Most weeks in this plan have six workouts, two in each discipline, or sometimes a brick replaces a pure bike workout. In the recovery weeks, which are weeks four and seven, there's uh, an additional rest days. Rest days, so just five workouts. The first four weeks, as I mentioned, are just base training with aerobic endurance and technique work. But it is progressive. So for example, let's take the Saturday bike. It goes from 45 minutes in the first week to an hour, to an hour and 10 minutes uh, in the third week. 
And then week four again is an easier recovery week where this is replaced with a short brick workout. The total training time per week in these weeks go, goes up from 3.15, 3 hours 15 minutes, to 4, to 4.30, and then back down to 3.15 again in the fourth week, which is the recovery week. Then, weeks 5 through 7, we start adding one or more demanding workout, uh, so one, not, not more, one demanding workout per discipline. So that includes things like zone 3 tempo intervals, or even zone 4 hill repeats on the bike. We have zone 3 and zone 4 fart lake runs on the run. And we have a couple of open water swims and uh, brick sessions for race-specific uh, workouts. And on the swim we have endurance intervals that can be compared to zone 3 uh, kind of training. And uh, the volume also progresses further to 4.45, 5.15. Uh, and then again drops back to 3.45 in the easier 7th recovery week. And then the last week of the program is uh, an easier week again where the volume drops even further and there's a little bit of short intervals sprinkled in to keep you sharp and fresh. The volume is three hours uh, if I remember correctly so going back to where you started but now you're obviously a lot fitter so it will feel super easy for you uh, at this point and you will be very very fresh on your race at the end of this week. So so that's an example program and, and how you can uh, how you can include kind of these concepts that we talked about into creating a simple eight-week program. Uh, and this is a key point here. You don't need to make these programs complicated. You shouldn't make them complicated uh, because that goes against the principle of uh, consistency and moderate, or that can go against the principles of consistency and moderation and, and all those sorts of things. The simpler you keep them, the easier it is to, uh, to really stay true to all of those important principles. All right, I really hope that you enjoyed this episode and found it useful. Uh, I want to take the opportunity to thank everybody who requested more beginner episodes, and I will try to keep doing more of them. Uh, I just get so many cool interview guests that are guests on really like advanced technical topics, so I'm a bit sorry about that, but you know, uh, that, that's me, I get excited about it. But I also get excited about uh, about really the feedback that I get from these beginner episodes. If you have feedback on this episode, please send it to me on michael at scientifictriathlon.com. The more positive feedback I get, the more inclined I'll be to do more beginner episodes, so there's incentive for you to, to give me feedback on this episode. It can be constructive criticism. Is this too advanced or too more, much beginner level? Uh, so uh, I'm very open to that and really appreciate hearing your opinion, your honest opinion on these episodes. So uh, yeah, that's that's about it for, for this one. The next episode is one of those more technical, advanced, but that's an opportunity for you to learn a lot about physiology that we talked about that you need to know uh, when you plan your training. It will be, you'll learn things like muscle oxygenation and, uh, and how to measure that with a cool device called the Moxie and it will be understandable for beginners because uh, I've already done that interview so I think that that will using simple analogies like supply and demand will actually describe how this works in pretty pretty simple terms to you so I highly recommend that you tune into that episode as well and uh, that's about it for this episode thank you again to Precision Hydration for sponsoring this episode Remember to take their free online sweat test on precisionhydration.com to get a personalized hydration strategy for your next race. 
and use the discount code DATRIATHLONSHOW, all one word, for 15% off. And if you are interested in that training program as well that I mentioned, then you can check that out on scientifictriathlon.com forward slash plans. I'll have that linked in the show notes as well. And send me any questions, as I mentioned, if you have any questions about that plan, if it's right for you or not. I'll be very happy, happy to answer. And one thing that I want to mention about the plans as well, I will keep adding. I spend a heck of a lot of time creating these plans, so it's slow going, but I'll keep adding more and more plans to have something that's suitable for almost any type of athlete and that's very effective and well done. It's not something that's just quickly thrown together that I know that unfortunately a lot of training plans on the internet are these days. I don't want to get into that. I My principles have always been about, about under-promising and over-delivering. So that's why it's slow going getting these training plans out there. But if you listen to this sometime in the future, I may have a lot more training plans up there. So keep checking in on scientifictriathlon.com and go to the training plans uh, page. And that's where you can see what's available. All right, that's it. Thank you, as always, for listening. Keep training smart and keep loving triathlon.